Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit Rumblings, Podcast 275. I probably sound a bit different, because I am really horribly sick, so hopefully I'll be able to get through the podcast and uh, everything will be okay. I will be talking a little bit about XCOM 2's mod, The Long War 2, which changes up the base game quite a bit. So, hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. The Long War 2 is a free Steam Workshop mod for XCOM 2. And right off the bat, it is quite a bit different than the base game. You'll notice you're starting with a different kind of mission. It's still called Gatecrasher, and it is kind of almost always the same. I, I think it is always a kill-everybody mission. But it's not a get-to-the-base-and-tag-the-thing kind of mission. It's a kill-everybody-on-the-map kind of mission. The squad size starts out much larger than the base game. I think you start with a group of eight soldiers, and the basic size of your squad goes all the way up to ten. So right off the bat, you can have a very large squad, though there are advantages and disadvantages to doing that. I personally tend to stick to between six and eight, uh, and I'll get into why uh, in a few minutes. Character stats are also quite a bit more varied. You'll notice your soldiers don't move at the same speeds. You'll notice they have different aim ratings. And some of them will even have different hit points. At the start of the game, you'll also notice all of your troops have armor. Not uh, the same kind of uh, reduce every hit kind of armor, but sort of that basic, uh, I guess you could call it a blad of armor, where it takes a couple hits and it soaks up those hits and then it's sort of destroyed, though, you know, it's not permanently destroyed, it'll be okay again on the next mission. But that starts out uh, already researched and equipped. You have a higher equipment uh, loadout amount than the basic game. You also have healing kits uh, already researched and available, and although those don't uh, get auto-equipped to your soldiers, you'll have to go through and specifically equip them. Instead of starting the mission instantly, you fly your squad there and they have to infiltrate the site before starting the mission. That's part of why the squad size can be bigger and why you might actually not want it to be bigger. Infiltration percentage starts at zero and goes all the way up to 200%, and that will actually modify the strength uh, sort of, a, of the forces you are going to fight. Uh, lower percentage infiltrated will result in higher numbers of bad guys than reported, both in terms of numbers of sort of pods, as I've heard them referred to, you know, those groups of bad guys, as well as how many bad guys are in a group. Typically with the Long War II, you will find about four guys in every pod, whereas a high pod I've seen goes up to about five. Uh, I haven't gotten 
uh, more than about two months in before I get killed, so I don't know how the sort of mid-game ramps up. Usually I get killed before the mid-game even starts, because it is that much more difficult. But because you fly to this site and you have to infiltrate it before you start the mission, you can actually have two or three different infiltrations going at the same time, you know, depending on how many troops you have and how many are in each squad. Like I said, I tend to have one group that's kind of big at 8, and then I'll keep my other ones at 6. So when I'm doing okay in games, I'll often have about three different groups. And I'll have, you know, as many as those three running at any given time. I think, though, I'm not doing as well as I might think, because usually after that first month, uh, opportunities start ramping up really quickly, and they're just all over the map, and you just don't have enough troops to stop them. And I think the farthest I got was month three, and it was like a dark event was happening almost every week, and it was getting insane. So I think the bad guys ramp up pretty quickly. Unlike the first game where you bought almost everything with monies or intel, this time around almost everything you're going to get is going to come from drops during the mission or as rewards for the mission. You'll get a ton of drops in terms of weapon mods and the combat chips you install in the soldier. And so in a way you could sort of say this version is a lot more loot based because when you actually get intel or you actually get supply drops, they're almost nothing. I, I think the common supply drop is about 20, so it's nothing compared to the base games, like I think it was around 150 to 200 in the base game. As I said, you immediately start the game with armor unlocked and equipped, and that means you have extra inventory slots to change out your load if you like. Usually I leave armor on the guys. The default is armor, a regular grenade, and then a non-lethal grenade, which can stun them and break Overwatch. And with sectoids, it can also break things like mind control. And that's really, really important, because in this mod, people are going on Overwatch all the time, and you have to be really, really careful about how you move. But the opened slots in total at the start of the game are an armor slot, a primary weapon slot, a secondary weapon slot, and as I mentioned, the three utility slots. I don't know if you can increase those uh, utility slots because I thought that was the max in the base game. Uh, I haven't gone far enough to uh, get my gorilla ops up high enough to even consider that. So I'm not sure on that. Classes are restricted to certain items, though. Like the Shinobi class and the Ranger both have swords as their secondary weapon and... Even though everybody has a secondary weapon slot, only those two classes can equip the sword. The heavy, um, I don't remember what his name is. They have the heavy machine gun. They have sort of a knife in their second slot. And then the sniper has this, like, hollow targeting thing, which I think is garbage because it takes a turn to use it. So it's like, why would I do that instead of just shooting him? So I never use that, although... They can't change it to anything because that's the only thing they can use. So you have a lot more flexibility in terms of the builds and loadouts of your people. So do go through and check that as soon as you get through that first mission. You know, swap out what you want to swap out. Or you can swap it out at the start of the mission before uh, you send out your guys to infiltrate. There are some new mission types. Uh, one of these, which is very important to sort of the growth of your uh, XCOM resistance, 
are the rescue mission types. And these will have anywhere between, I think the lowest I saw was about two guys, or the highest I've seen is four guys that you can rescue. And these guys will either be, you know, scientists or engineers to work uh, in the XCOM ship, or uh, more importantly, in a way, uh, resistance members. And the resistance members is also a new thing for Long War II. Uh, it might have been in Long War One. I'm not sure. I didn't play that one. But these guys are very important in that they sit at your resistance bases uh, and they do one of four jobs, which you can set uh, the different people to do these different jobs. And that is supply, intel, recruit, and hide. Uh, hide really doesn't do anything because it doesn't generate anything. They just hide. But the other ones do uh, basically what they say. When you get a supply drop, uh, your number of your resistance guys uh, will influence that. And when they're gathering intel, however many you have set to intel will influence that. And probably the most important one for combat is the number of people who are set to recruit will, uh, I guess, influence the chances or amount of guys you have to recruit uh, through your ship. So when your guys start dying... If you don't have that many resistance guys out there looking for recruits, you're not going to have anybody to recruit through the uh, armory ship option. So again, that adds a whole new strategic layer to the game that wasn't there before, and it's really kind of cool and interesting. Usually I don't mess with those, but um, sometimes like at the end of the month, if I remember, I'll go through and check and see if anybody's hiding. I don't usually let people just sit there and hide because... Um, what's the point of that? I don't understand. If they're not being actively attacked, I don't see why they need to hide. And of course, there are the chances they could get attacked. That was even in the base game. But again, in this game, it's actually super extra important because if those guys die off, you're going to have nobody in that resistance cell uh, doing those four jobs. Tech trees seemed a lot more tied to things that you can research so they seem a lot more important than the base game like I said in the base game I remember a lot of stuff you could just outright buy it but in this one it seems like you have to get uh, the thing to research it and then you can research it and then you are able to build it I know a lot of stuff you can build like the special rounds and the chips you can implant in the soldiers some of the chips anyways and uh, some of the weapon mods uh, can get researched and unlocked in the research tree and then you can build them uh, yourself. And that's really all the notes I have. Um, like I said, I'm super, super sick, so my brain is like like not at all working. So hopefully that all made sense, because I had these in my notes uh, from when I was not as sick. So hopefully they make a lot of sense. If you have XCOM 2, uh, I would highly recommend it if you are into sort of longer, more challenging games. I would definitely say play the basic uh, recruit level setting first. I'm playing that and I'm still getting destroyed. The recruit setting seems about on par with the difficulty of the base game's uh, second rating. I think it's uh, veteran. So it's quite a bit tougher. I'm not super pro at these kind of games, so uh, maybe somebody who is more into it and more super pro would have uh, not as difficult a time. But it seems like a very cool thing if you're into sort of longer a slower, more calculative kind of games. It's not just kind of, uh, you know, like the base game was just move here, do a mission, move here, do a mission here, do a mission here, and then just buy up a bunch of stuff. It's There's a lot more strategy to it, sort of. 
I guess you could say more similar to sort of a board game in that you're kind of monitoring what's happening at the global level outside of combat. Uh, in a way, I suppose, just as much or maybe more than what's happening in combat. So I think it's super cool. They add some new classes. There are now a total of eight with three talent trees for each. So there's quite a lot of different troops. Uh, a lot of times you will need to have uh, all of the kind of troops available to you because, you know, they're random unless you specifically train them. So I find it quite cool and interesting and I'm having quite a good time with it. And um, I would recommend if you have XCOM 2, you know, it's free to pick up. So you may as well check it out if you might enjoy it. Because I enjoy it quite a bit. From the newsroom. So Mass Effect Andromeda is coming up pretty quick. In March 21st, it's still a ways away. Much longer than I'd normally talk about it and remind you in the news. But it's a super big deal. Uh, I am very much looking forward to it. But, um, you know, it's, it's a little while from now. But do keep an eye out for that. And that's really all I have to talk about in the news. So that's uh, part of why I thought I would still mention it. So that's it for the news. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do we thinking, Daryl R. for the most generous donation. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip R. Hip hip R. Hip hip R. So I made it through the podcast, uh, barely. I'm starting to cough and feel super terrible, so I'll close this out very quickly. I'm doing uh, pretty terribly uh, emotionally lately. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I had kind of a scare and fear of death, and ever since then I've been kind of shaken and, and worried about it quite a bit. Seems like I'm getting closer and closer to that all the time. Uh, especially now with my money basically down to about 125 bucks, that'll last maybe a couple months if I'm lucky and extremely careful. I'm still very mad at myself for not being more careful with that and upset that things like the car stuff took like double or more what I was estimating. So that's like really, really, really worrisome. And of course, you know, once the money's out, uh, you know, I worry about what then because. I need that money to go to school uh, next quarter. I guess that's uh, March-ish would be about when I'd sign up for the next quarter. Because going to school, you know, I shower. I can use the microwave there. I can hang out and use the internet. And, of course, uh, you know, I can hang out and do my TAing of all of the classes and uh, be 
distracted and happy doing that. As well as, of course, you know, taking one or two classes uh, on my own to keep financial aid off my back and, you know, hopefully uh, get into a position where I'm desirable to somebody for a job. But without, uh, you know, at least a little bit of money, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. So I get very worried uh, about what's going to happen if I can't at least get a little bit of money. So donations are super, 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 super important and uh, extremely appreciated because uh, I'm getting very dangerously close to no monies at all. So I'm worried and <laughs> terribly sad and depressed all the time about that. But hopefully everybody out there is not having a terrible time like me. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com if you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B, number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License 2017.